0: But the point is, you don't have to feel afraid. It is a choice. And I'm not talking about positive thinking
1: yes, or anything
0: like that. It'll become clear why it's not, nothing to do with positive thinking, because in fact, most positive thinking is actually trying to overcome fear anyway.
1: Hi, everybody. This is Strong Christian Female, and I'm excited about this week's podcast because you get to listen in on a wonderful interview I got to do with Liam Naden. Now, if you don't know Liam, and a lot of you probably haven't heard of him, He originates from New Zealand, he currently lives in Europe, and he has a crazy story. He was worth over millions of dollars, and he lost everything in a day, and he ended up homeless. And it was through the process of overcoming that and sort of rebuilding his success that he started to understand, number one, how our brains work, and also how Christ has created a perfect success manual in the Bible to get our brains to work the best way. It's a fascinating story. So many dots come together too, if you just listen to what he's saying. He's very engaging. Wonderful to listen to. And as he pulls together how our brains work scientifically, how they were created to function in their each of their four centers and what the Bible says about our brains, about our minds, so much of what people are facing today will become crystal clear. And it will also become crystal clear why the Bible says what it does about our mind and what we are to set our mind on and what we are not. So I love this. First, let me tell you a little bit about Liam. Liam is a man that wears a lot of hats, and you'll understand why, I think, when you listen to him. He's a speaker, a teacher, and a writer. He's also an extensive researcher, specifically of the brain, and he'll go into that when when you listen to him. Again, he's so easy to listen to because he's interesting. This stuff is so fascinating to me. And what he does is he helps people overcome problems and achieve successes and frustrations by teaching people literally how to use your brain correctly. He has a podcast called Using Your Brain for Success, and he even created Neurostate Rebalancing. So what that is, is basically it helps teach people the process, which gets all four parts of your brain working the right way. So that as he says it brings you the life you want but he's going to explain that I know that can sound very new agey I know that can sound um like you know you're you're focusing on things and drawing it to you that is not what he's talking about so definitely listen to the entire podcast he, he is very rooted in Christ and it's so interesting to listen to him He also has another podcast called Growing in Love for Life he authored 20 books and created four different coaching programs out of this because he cares so much about relationships. So Liam has a lot going on. But I think once you sit and listen to his story, understand what he learned, understand what he's experienced, and understand how what he is teaching is founded on the Word of God, you're going to walk away with hopefully many light bulbs going off and maybe even taking a step back and evaluating your own life and going, oh my gosh, that's why maybe I've stopped being who I feel like I'm wired to be, or, oh my gosh, that's why maybe I've stopped being successful in other areas. And it's going to make sense, you guys. I don't want to give it all away. That's why I'm being a little cryptic. But please, if you can't finish this in one sitting, I get it. I chose to keep it together because of the flow. Liam flows from one thing to the next almost seamlessly. And even though it might seem like he's setting up a lot of explanation for the next thing, once everything comes together, you're like, Oh, and, it, and it's just a beautiful way that he's able to pull together just talking and explaining things. So listen, this is going to be one of those episodes that you take the time to finish. It's so interesting. And again, as always, his contact information is below. Anything you may want to know about him, his bio, all of that is below as well. But this is an exciting conversation. I'm glad you're here to listen to it. Let's get started.
0: Hi, Charity. Well, Yeah, well, thank you very much for having me on your show. I'm excited to be here as well. So anyway, I was very interested in your your show because there's so much about what Christianity teaches about how to use our brain, but we Mm. haven't interpreted it at all, I think, correctly. Mm. And the way I learned all of this was really the hard way, because in my mid-40s, I went from being a multi-millionaire and having lots of outside success to losing everything, becoming homeless, literally almost overnight. And um, I had to move in to, to stay with my elderly mother, who was in her 70s, and I had to get sleep on the sofa in her living room of her small apartment. And wow. that's how bad things were, that I had no other place to go. So, I, And what was really weird about that was I thought, why has this happened to me? <laughs> because before that, not only had I been a success, Outwardly, I had lots of money and and um, financial success, and and lots of you know businesses and and the homes and and so on. But not only that, but I'd studied success all my life. In fact, I prided myself on being an expert in success. And In fact, I can remember from a young child, I always wanted to be successful. I wanted to be the best at what I was doing, no matter what it was. Mm. And so, I was brought up. The first place I looked was the church because I was brought up a Catholic in a a Catholic family. I'm the eldest of of eight children. And my parents, my teachers, the priests, the nuns at the convent that I went to, they all said to me very clearly, if you want to be happy, what you do is you figure out what you want. You ask God for it. You pray to God and God will give it to you. I thought, well, that sounds great. Doesn't sound hard at all. I'll give that a try. So I thought, And I was only about 10 or 11, I recall, thinking, I'm going to test God on this one, see if it really works, because everyone says it works, but I just want to make sure. And I'm really going to do something to make sure that it works. So I'm going to get up every day and go to early morning mass. I'm going to go every day for a month and ask and pray to God for something very specific. (laughs) And I can't remember what it was. It was something like win a competition at school. But anyway, I thought this will work. If it works, this will make it work. Well, I didn't get what I prayed for, but, and I started to think, well, maybe I'm doing it wrong, and there's something I'm doing wrong, because everyone says it works. Mm. But I also noticed my parents, my teachers, and all the other people, I couldn't honestly say I thought it was working for them particularly well either, because they all seemed to have problems and stress in their life. They didn't seem to be any happier or more successful than anyone else. So I thought, well, maybe that's not the answer. Maybe I need to look elsewhere. Mm. And I didn't realize at the time it was the answer, but I didn't understand how, and that's what we'll come to. But um, then I thought, was told, well, if you want to be happy, what you need is an education, because when you've got an education, you'll be respected and you'll be able to get a good job, do all those sorts of things. So I went to university for seven years, and I studied music, actually, became an expert on a particular area of 17th century Italian music. (laughs) And... um, although I really enjoyed it and I got a lot of knowledge, I can't say at the time that it made me feel any more successful or or any happier about my life, any more in control of my life. And I looked at all the teachers and people I knew in the music world, and a lot of them had a lot of knowledge. They were very skilled and they had great educations, but they weren't any happier or more successful than anyone else either.
1: Hmm.
0: So I thought, This isn't it. This isn't what I'm looking for. This isn't giving me what I really want, which is to feel in control of my life and to know that I'm being the best that I can be. So somebody told me, you need to get into business, get your own business, make lots of money, be rich. That's the key to happiness. That's the key to having control over your life and being successful. So I did that. I set up my own business. It was the first of many. I've owned 18 businesses in my life by last count. And uh, I really worked at that. And I remember thinking, well, this is making me have more stuff. And Mm -hmm. I've certainly got plenty of money and I can do things that I never thought I could do that I enjoy, but I still have problems. I still have stress in my life. Mm -hmm. And in fact, maybe that's the price of success. And I read that somewhere and it seems to be a common belief that we're given, isn't it? The price of success is stress and struggle. You have to struggle to reach your goals. You have to overcome obstacles. And there's a great virtue in doing that. When you finally reach this mythical thing called success, you can look back and say, I overcame all my struggles and here I am. I also at the same time started to really delve into the whole area of self-help, self-improvement, because all that sounded very appealing as well. Improve yourself, be better, the best you are, change your beliefs, change your thoughts, become more motivated, set goals, Mm -hmm. all of these things. So I did an awful lot of uh, work on that as well. And I went to seminars all over the world. I, I did courses. I brought I bought lots of books and I read them. I didn't just flick through a book. I read it and I did everything the book told me to do. And I used to listen to tapes in those days, recordings like hypnotic type recordings of how to change your beliefs or mm. reprogramming your subconscious mind, You know all those sorts of things. And if someone said to me, listen to this every day for a month, I did that. In fact, I'd listened to it twice a day for a month. I really wanted to find the answer to this whole thing about being successful and feeling happy, which was really what I wanted, what everyone wants. And then I went down the spirituality track and I learned to meditate and I did all sorts of spiritual courses on the law of attraction and other other aspects of spirituality. So you can imagine by the time I got to my mid-40s, by the time I actually experienced losing everything, Mm. I felt totally the opposite to what I thought I should have felt. I felt totally out of control. Mm. Instead of believing and thinking, I've got all this knowledge on how to take control of my life, on how to set goals, on how to be successful, on how to change my thoughts and reprogram my beliefs in my mind. How on earth could this have happened to me? How could I end up so unsuccessful, if you like? So I really wanted to know how that how what why that had happened. Hmm. And anyway, a few months later, I sort of, you know, you get through cleaning up all the messes and you come through on the other side, and my life started to improve. But it was improving in quite a different way, quite an unexpected way, and I started to become a bit puzzled about what was actually going on. Because whereas before I'd been struggling to achieve success, I'd always been chasing after success, always looking for more information, more ideas how to get more motivated, how to learn something new on and how to set higher and higher goals and had lots of stress and problems as a result of that, was part of that. But now my life was quite different because it was almost like something was happening to me that was beyond Mm. me making it happen. Instead of me trying to make things happen, I was just acting on things that were happening to me. It's almost, it sounds a bit strange, but it's almost like success was coming to me. Mm. And what that looked like was unexpected people would show up in my life with an, with an opportunity or unexpected circumstances to do something which, which turned out to be really good. Or I'd get interesting, new, completely different ideas that turned out to be really good. And I wasn't making the same mistakes I was making earlier. I was making good decisions. So I was starting to, to build some more businesses, a couple, and they were going really well. And I was starting to make the money that I needed to do what I wanted to do. And I was starting to be able to do things that I really enjoyed. And I met somebody new who turned out to give me a far more satisfying, fulfilling relationship than I'd ever had before. But all throughout this, I thought, one thing's really strange about all this. Where are all the problems? Where's all the stress? Because it wasn't there. Hmm. Where's all the struggle? It wasn't there. Sure, there was effort. I was putting in lots of effort, but, but I was loving it. I was enjoying it. And it wasn't a struggle. Things were like fitting into place and clicking and it was just things were working and I didn't have this wake up in the morning dreading opening my emails or picking up the answer phone I'd wake up really excited about what was going to happen that day and that's how my life really the new direction it went in so then I asked myself another question instead of asking why is this happening to me when I lost everything now I ask why is this happening to me when everything's really good and I thought, I need to know why, because and I certainly need to know the difference, because I want to make sure whatever I'm doing differently, and it must be something, I want to make sure I keep doing it, because I don't want this to go away. I don't want to end up the way I used to be, problems, stress, all of those things, and, and not feeling happy and fulfilled, because I was finally feeling happy and fulfilled. So I thought, I need to go on a bit of a de- detective hunt, a bit of research here, and I had all of this knowledge and information from all of these different things. And I thought, what's the missing link? What what are all of these things missing? Because there's something that they're missing that's a key ingredient. Because whereas there's lots of good ideas and information from all of these things, they weren't working particularly well, or certainly not consistently, and certainly not for everybody. Yeah. So to me, if something doesn't work consistently for everybody, it can't be true. You know. Mm, true.
1: <clears throat> because truth is true for everybody.
0: That's right. So I thought, right, where can I start? And I thought, well. Maybe I should start right at the beginning and ask the question, okay, who am I really? Maybe if I know who I am, that will give me a clue as to how I'm, I can be successful and, and what I'm doing now to create success and true happiness. And of course, there are thousands of books being written by philosophers and, and spiritual people and all sorts of people about trying to define who we are and why we're here. Yeah. But I thought, I thought, and, and we can all talk about that and debate who we might be, we're spiritual, or all these things, but I thought. What's something we can all agree on one thing we can all agree on is we have a physical body we're biological on one level we operate biologically we live in a biological world that's full of life so that okay so maybe i've got a biological purpose who am i biologically maybe that will give me a clue and it turns out that all life including our own life does have a purpose And it's a very fundamental purpose. And and science, all of biological science will tell you that this is the purpose of life. The most fundamental purpose of life is to survive. That's the, the, the number one aim of all life is to survive, including us, including humans, because we're physical life. So we must be programmed to survive as well. And of course, it turns out we are. But the other interesting thing about that is how do you best survive? What gives you the greatest chance to survive? if that's your purpose, and that is being the best that you can be. The better you are, the more the chance you have of surviving. And again, this is the same for all life, including human life. The better we are, the more chance we have of surviving. Okay, so what does the better we are mean? It means the best that you can be. Now, that means physically, obviously, when you're strong, you can fight off attackers or you resist disease or you heal from injury faster. When you're at your best physically, but it also means mentally, spiritually, and emotionally being your best. And when are you best? When you're mentally, when are you at your best mentally, spiritually, and emotionally? When you're happy, when you're feeling good, not when you've got problems and stress. That's not making you a better able, um, you know, not making you at your best. So it's obvious that the purpose of your life is to be happy. That's your biological purpose is to be happy. Now the fact that most people aren't, what does that say? And I thought, well, I am happy now, and I, I never used to be, so what am I? What's the, what's the missing link here? And then I thought, well, you know, nature must have provided something to us, to all life, to enable it to be the best that it can be. It must have some tools or mechanisms or it must be set up in a way to allow us to live our biological purpose, which is to strive to be the best that we can be. Another word for being the best you can be, by the way, is to thrive. Yeah. Survive and thrive. So what has nature provided for us to thrive, to be the best that we can be? And it turns out, yes, nature has provided something. It's this thing here. It's the brain. Mm. Our brain is, a, is an organ. It's actually a type of machine. It's a mechanism that has one purpose, and that is to make you the best that you can be so that you can survive. Your brain is all about working to get make sure that you survive and thrive and have the best chances of survival. Now, that's pretty amazing when you think about it, that we have this instrument. Its sole purpose, all it's designed to do is make you survive and be the best that you can be. So a couple of things come out out of that. The first is, is it capable of doing that? How powerful is our brain? Well, it turns out the brain is far and away the most powerful machine that exists on the planet. And there have been books written about this as well. And it's almost like the authors haven't been able to get past Page three of describing how amazing the brain is. It's and true. They, they're it's the loss for words.
1: I don't know if you've yeah. read it, but Dr. Paul Brand um, and Philip Yancey wrote a book called Fearfully and Wonderfully Made. And if you read that book, you you'll you'll just awe at every human being walking around. I mean, what God has yeah. created is so is is beyond our capability of understanding. And the brain, of course, is the central part of that.
0: Exactly. I mean, you know, I like to say if we knew how powerful our brain was, we'd realize we were a genius just for being here.
1: <laughs> That's <clears throat> true. That's so true. It is.
0: So we have this brain, this enormously powerful machine, which is designed for one purpose. It's to make us the best that we can be so we have the best chance of survival.
1: Hmm.
0: But here's the thing. It is actually a machine. Mm-hmm. It, it operates in a very specific manner because it's a bit like a, if you have a car. You know that a car is designed for a specific purpose. And it's designed to get you from where you are to where you want to go. And it does it very predictably, um, easily, efficiently, and gives you an an enjoyable ride along the way as well. It doesn't have any problems doing its job if it's used the right way. But if it's not used the right way, it creates problems. But it's very predictable. And it's the same with the human brain. The human brain is a machine that operates in a very specific way. It's not airy-fairy at all. It's all scientific because it's biological. And and if if we use it the right way, the way it's designed, it gets us to where we want to be. It gets us living our purpose, which is to be happy, is to thrive. It will do that job for us if we use it the right way. So I thought, well, this is all really quite interesting. (laughs) And then I tried to figure out how does the brain work? Because it's a bit like a a motor car. You can't just get in it and expect it to get where you want to go if you don't know how to drive it, if you Mm -hmm. don't understand how it works. And yet the weird thing about the human brain, we're we're equipped with this machine and no one's ever taught us how to use it, how to use it the right way. And that's why we end up with problems because it's the same with a car. You know, you might get into a car and you might go, well, I have no clue on how to use this, but uh, let me me think. Oh, I know. It's got four wheels. Maybe the way to use it to get it to go somewhere is to get out and push. So I'll get out and I'll push and I'll put all of this tremendous amount of effort in and I'll be determined and I'll pray and I'll be motivated and I'll believe that it will get me to where it's where I want to go and what happens not a lot it's yeah. all just a lot of struggle and effort and you think and you wear yourself out not getting very far and then what do you say oh, i'm not strong enough because i'm not able to push this i need to be able to push it harder so i'm going to become more motivated and i'm going to build my strength and become mm. more determined and if someone just explained to you look <clears throat> it's designed to get you there without much effort on your part at all certainly not much struggle Actually, if you use it, that's what it's designed to do. But you need to learn how to drive it. You need to learn how to use it the right way. And no one would get into a car, wouldn't dream of trying to drive it and get it to do its job if they didn't know how, if they'd never been taught how to drive it. They wouldn't say, Oh, it's the car's fault for not getting me to where I want to go. And they go, No, well, I need to learn how to drive it. So it turns out that's exactly what the brain is. And what I now spend all my time doing is. And what I spent a lot of time working out to start with was how the brain works,
1: mm-hmm.
0: how it's designed to give you everything to make you thrive and how to use it the right way. And that's, of course, now what I do, what I share with people. But, you know, one of the most amazing things when I figured out how to and I, and I studied a lot of science, you know, what, what I figured out isn't just an airy for idea. It's based on science. I thought, this is amazing. This is all taught in the Bible. This is all explained. How to use your brain the right way is explained in the Bible. Why hasn't anyone ever told us this? We haven't interpreted it by understanding that it's what it's all about.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I, I was just gonna say it's amazing when you find these revelations and then you read the Bible again that you see, oh, it was in there all along. And yet, like you said, if you're not taught, if you, if, we we do we do tend to lean too much on our own understanding or learn from people who lean on their own understanding. but And like you said, so many of these answers really are in the Bible if you have the revelation in front of you. And I love that you studied science. You, st- I think a lot of people misunderstand that by studying science, you're still studying the Lord's creation. We should oh, totally. be well equipped. We should study science. We should go in with the lens of, of, of God's creation. But, but I think so many people back off from learning more because they're afraid That that they're gonna, I don't know, be mentored by atheists and become an atheist. But the truth is, is if it's true, it's true for everyone. And just like we said earlier. But I I love this conversation, and I I I want I want you to delve into the gospels. Like I know you're gonna talk about how it's all in the Bible. But listeners, I just want you to really listen to what Liam's about to say, because he's about to connect what has been found to be true in in science, in scientific study, and that God has already revealed this to his people. But like Liam is saying, we haven't seen it because we don't know what we're looking at. So Liam, please continue. This is, this is so, it's thought-provoking and interesting and enlightening all at once. So I'm really enjoying listening.
0: Well, it was certainly that for me when I figured all this stuff out. And I, I, I love sharing it because I think, you know, learning to use your brain the right way, we should learn to do that before we learn how to drive a car. Absolutely. At school, we should be taught, you've got this most powerful machine designed to give you a great life. God has put you here to have a great life. Mm -hmm. And he's given you a machine machine, um, to do the job, to make sure you do. And all you need to do is learn how to use it the right way. Because like a car, you know, if your father gave you a car and said, um, you know, this will get you to where you want to go. If you didn't know how to drive it, you can't blame your father for it. You can't blame the person who gave you the car if it's if you're not driving it properly, if you're not using it properly. And if you get problems as a result of not driving it properly, which is what you're going to do. And that's what you get if you use your brain machine the wrong way, not properly, you get problems as well. It's inevitable with every machine. So anyway, what I think is important to, to realise is, is to understand how your brain works. And it's a little bit like, again, a car. Once you See how it works, you go, Well, there's no other way. I'd dream of using it. Yeah, it would be crazy to get out and try and push it or do anything or put in. This is obviously the way to use it. So, one of the first major breakthroughs in using your brain the right way is simply to understand how it works and understand how it's all put together. So, maybe I'll give you a brief and your listeners a brief rundown on, on how it works. So, essentially, and this is all has scientific terms and you know names and all those sorts of things but i've I've pulled it together into a model which is quite simple to understand simple enough for me anyway (laughs) um and uh so that because like with a car you don't need to know the technical names of every little wire and everything you just need to know what some things do and how to press the right button and get it to work right so essentially your brain is this machine which is more powerful than anything that exists it has the computing power of 500 trillion Computer microprocessors. That's how powerful it is. Wow! In fact, in fact, they did an experiment a few years ago in Japan. They took what was then the world's fourth largest supercomputer, and they comp- called the Fujitsu K computer. And they compared how long this computer would take to do what your brain does in one second, wow. one second's worth of neural activity from one brain. And it took this computer forty minutes. To do what your brain does, one of the most powerful computers in the world. We have no concept of how powerful our brain is. No. And because of that, it has the power to do its job, give you the make you the best that you can be, a happy, successful, enjoyable life. It has the power to do that on every level, which I'll discuss a bit later. How what that actually means. But anyway, although it's enormously powerful, as I as I keep saying, it is a machine. It, it operates in quite a simple way. So essentially, you have four brains. There are four parts to your brain. The first part I call the thinking brain. And this is actually physically located on the top of the head. But what this part of the brain does is in every second of your life, all of the information that is coming at you in your environment, from your environment through your five senses. So everything you see, smell, taste, touch, hear, and also your thoughts and ideas, everything that's coming at you gets stored in your thinking brain. Okay, so it's like a big library or a database, if you like, of all of your knowledge and the knowledge being everything that you've experienced and learned in your life. That's all stored in the thinking brain. The second part of your brain is your feeling brain or your emotional brain. And this is is located just under the, the thinking brain. This is the part that is responsible for giving you your emotions. So it gives you feelings of joy, love, gratitude or fear, stress, anxiety whatever those emotions, this is all handled and created by the emotional brain. The third part of the brain is called the surviving brain. This is the part at the back of your head which is all about keeping you alive, keeping you surviving. So it handles all of the automatic things that that happen in your life to keep you alive, like your breathing, your heart beating, you know, all your organs working, all those physical things. And without you obviously having to think about it or worry about it or wonder if it's going to happen, it just does all of these things. And there's one other really important part of surviving that this is handled by this part of your brain. And that is for the very rare, should be very rare situation where you're faced with an immediate threat to your survival. In other words, something comes into your environment that could harm you or even kill you. Okay. So, what the surviving part of the brain does then. Is it recognizes? Well, actually, it's a different part of your brain that recognizes it. But it gets the signal that there's something about to kill you or harm you. Hmm. Now, of course, in the old days and prehistoric times, it was the, the lion running out at you from the forest. Yeah. And what your brain does then, the survival brain kicks in and produces a response which we commonly know as the fight, flight, freeze response. And it gets all of your brain's attention and all of its all of your body's resources and your brain's resources to deal with that immediate threat. So it's like, what do I need to do to get out of this danger right now? Yeah. Do I And it's run away or it's shout out for help or it's stand and fight. You know, one of these responses, reactions we have to danger, immediate threat, or someone, you know, the car's coming down the street and it goes off the road and comes towards you and you jump out of the way. You're not thinking, you're just reacting. This is all, this is the, the survival mechanism handled by the survival part of the brain. So obviously that's really important, but that's the one that gets misused most of the time, which causes all the problems for people will get onto. Yes. The fourth part of your brain, and science has only more recently started to identify that this actually is a physical, separate physical part of the brain. Mm-hmm. There are separate things going on here. And this is what I call the creating brain. This yes. is where all your, your, your creative, this isn't where your thoughts are. But this is where you get a new idea. This is where creativity comes from. This is where you get a gut feeling about something. Well, that's the right thing to do, or that's not the right thing to do. Or I better not do that, or I should do that. And you get new ideas, and, you know, people create from this place as well, and, and musicians, composers talk about, I, I heard the music, and then I just wrote it down. It's, it's not from your past experience. So we, we've all had those moments where you get new ideas, and you think of new things. It's also where all your motivation comes from because when you f- operate it, using this part of your brain, you feel motivated to do things, but you feel motivated to do the right things. So yeah. that's when things are all clicking into place. And it's also the part of your brain that, and again, from a low level of awareness, this, this, we call these things luck or coincidence. But when you're aware of how, what your brain and how it's actually working, you realize there's no luck or coincidence in this world. It couldn't exist everything exists for a reason. And your brain literally has the power to bring you the right people, the right circumstances, the right ideas, the right decisions. So things you call luck and coincidence and synchronicity, this is all managed by your creative brain. So this is the part of your brain that is in control when it's making you the best that you can be. Yeah. This is the part that that enables you to thrive. Okay. And it's designed to do that. So it's, People call it being in the flow, in the zone, but it's when everything's going well and it's when you're feeling great. You're really excited. You're grateful. You're loving. You're feeling resourceful and you're being your best by being in your creative state. So actually in the Bible, we'll talk about this shortly. The Bible says, this is how you should live in this creative state. Jesus says, this is how you must live because he's given us this tool, our brain, this machine to um, make sure we have the best life. Well, if you want the best life, this is the part that you've got to live in, you've got to use to make sure that happens. But there's only one time we're not supposed to be living in this creative state. In, otherwise, in other words, there's only one time we're not supposed to be feeling good and happy and grateful and loving and life's going brilliantly. And that is when a lion rushes at us from the forest or something <laughs> unexpected comes along and it's an immediate and unexpected, as I said, threat, danger it could harm us or kill us. Yeah. Now, in that instance, the way the brain works is it says, I need to divert all of my resources of my brain and my body to getting rid of this danger as quickly and effectively as possible so that we can get back to being in our good state, in our thriving mm-hmm. state. So what it does, your brain, this mechanism, it diverts all power to this part of the brain to deal with this threat, as I said. And it shuts off anything that doesn't work or isn't helpful or useful or vital to do that. So when the lion's running at you and you've got to react, how useful in that situation is your creative brain? How useful is is being grateful, enjoying the smell of the flowers, coming up with new ideas, being creative, being resourceful, seeing all possibility? It's of no use whatsoever. If you spent the time to think about anything or to be appreciative, imagine the lion's running at you and you, you're thinking, well, maybe it's not so bad, but look, I am much. I can see that the flowers are beautiful and I live in this perfect universe. You can't do that. <laughs> You'd be dead. Yeah. So your brain is designed to, sh- to block all of that off. Yeah. And remember how, how this is activated, this fight, fight, flight, freeze mechanism is activated is your brain says actually your emotional brain says there's an immediate threat to your survival. Send the signal for that survival brain to kick in and deal with it. What's the signal? Fear. Fear, worry, anxiety, stress. All they are is a signal from your brain saying you've got danger in your environment you need to get rid of right now and it kicks you into the survival state. Now that's absolutely perfect for dealing with a threat. And, of course, it also says, the other thing that happens, I should mention, that a lot of things happen in this state. One of them is you can only see the negative. You can only focus on the problems wow. because your brain is saying, where is the danger? I'm looking for the danger. I don't want to see anything else. I just want to see what all the dangers are and get rid of them as fast as possible.
1: Wow. And, and so and-
0: where this is going.
1: <laughs> uh, I see where it's going. And I, I think what's so profound is if our culture, if we listen more to our culture than, and then, than we do to the word of God, we're living in a state of chronic fear and worry. And what you're saying is, is if we give into that fear, I, I'm, I'm I maybe projecting this, so so correct me if I'm wrong. But if someone, let's put it this way, if someone were to be living in a state of constant fear, fear that they're not going to make enough money, fear that their kids are going to a terrible school, fear that, you know, a pandemic is coming to kill us all, fear, 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 does that shut down other parts of your brain from working to their fullest potential the way God created us to, to, to actually live our lives?
0: That's exactly what I'm saying. On a a physical, biological, mechanical level, Mm -hmm. all of the part of your brain that can solve your problems, give you everything you need, give you the perfect life, you're blocking it off when you're feeling fear because your brain is just dealing with an immediate threat. So, and we don't, and what do people try and do? They try and solve their problems in a fear state and all of their problem-solving ability, all that God has given us to solve problems and make sure we don't have problems because problems don't help us thrive. They Mm. don't help us survive. All of those resources are shut down because we're telling our brain you don't need those, you just need to fight off this attacker. So this is the big problem. And it's it's almost like and God is saying, What does let's talk about the Bible, for instance? What does it say more than 360 times in the Bible? Be not afraid.
1: Yeah, fear not. Have
0: no fear, fear not, have faith. Uh- now, God isn't saying that, He's not saying try not to be afraid or please mm-hmm. don't be afraid because mm-hmm. it's not a good idea. He's giving you an instruction.
1: Absolutely. This is
0: how you drive the machine. You don't be afraid. If, you, if you're afraid, you're using it the wrong way unless the lion is coming at you. That's what it's there for. It's not there for any other purpose.
1: Wow. So, wow. I, I think this a, is something that so many Christians, I'm just going to let them simmer on it really quick. It, you said something so wise. It was an instruction. Not an option, not a suggestion, not hopeful yeah. thinking. God gives instructions and he doesn't give instructions. There's no way we can follow them. He gives us clear exactly. instructions that we are capable of following. And in that, what we realize is we have a choice. So we have a choice to live a life of fear or not. God does not waste his words. He's very concise in, in, in his explanation and his instruction. And I, I love that you're touching on this.
0: I think you mentioned something really interesting. We could, I'd like to talk about it a little bit later, but you said we have a choice Mm. and that's the key thing. People say they don't have a choice. Their, their world, their life means they have to be stressed because they've got all these problems. Remember I was homeless. I'd lost everything. I had no clue what to do. I had no prospects. I had no friends because I'd moved back to a town I hadn't been to for, for years. So, you know, if if anyone had excuses
1: <laughs> yeah. to, uh,
0: to blame my environment for my, my situation and, and for feeling stressed, if I could, you know, if I could blame it, everything around me. That's that's the reason I'm feeling stressed. Of course, it, I have to feel stressed. I have to feel afraid.
1: Yeah.
0: If anyone could say that, it was me. But the point is you don't have to feel afraid. It is a choice. And I'm not wow. talking about positive thinking yes anything like that and maybe i'll just talk a bit more about it'll become clear why it's not nothing to do with positive thinking because in fact most positive thinking is actually trying to overcome come fear anyway and that's the problem with a lot of what we of how prayer why it doesn't work we're using it from a fear state we're saying to god i'm afraid i have all these problems Mm. i don't trust you that you'll create the perfect life for me because that's what i'm here for i don't trust that so I'm going to beg you for this thing that I think I need that will make me feel all right. Yeah. And God is saying, it's a bit like a child coming up at six o'clock in the evening and saying, can I have an ice cream just for dinner? And you say, no, you can't. And it doesn't matter how much the child pleads and begs and says, look, it'll be the last thing I ever asked for. And you're so wonderful and please, I need this. You know, it's not right for them to have it. So that's, anyway, we're getting slightly off topic. No, there, but-
1: it's it's uh, yeah, 100% but- true. I think we, I think we all misunderstand sometimes how much better god's plan is for our lives than our own lives and it starts with choosing to follow his word and like you said over 300 times he says don't fear fear not don't live in fear and 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 again god's never going to give us an instruction that's impossible for us to do through him it's a hundred percent possible to do through him but but you're explaining even biologically, why, <clears throat> when we choose to live a life that is free from fear, our entire life shifts into a totally different existence, not because yeah. we magically become someone else. And it's not its not magic. It's literally how our brains were wired and created by God to work, free of fear. Absolutely. That's Absolutely.
0: Amazing. You know, because the thing, we talk about faith, <clears throat> people talk about faith, but what, what they're really saying, and I'm not bagging people saying they have faith at all, but You've really got to analyze. Do I have faith? Because if I really had faith, if I really believed God would give me that I'm would give me a great life and everything that I need to be happy, why would you ever worry about anything? And that is the point about using your creative brain. When you use your creative brain, and I'll talk a little bit about how you use it, but this is really the basis of everything I teach. Because well, the first once you understand that's what you need to use, and that you shouldn't feel fear. Mm-hmm. How to do that is a little bit more. There's a, there's a bit to that as well. But once you start using your creative brain and you see the good things happening in your life, that's when your faith strengthens and you know, and you go, yes, this is the way it's supposed to work because it's working. This is actually working. It's a bit like a car. You don't get it. Once you know how a car works and how you know how to drive it, you don't hop out of it every three seconds to check that everything's all right and that it's working. You know, you just, and you can just let go and enjoy the ride, steer it where and when you need to or talk to somebody, do whatever you need to do, but you can actually enjoy the ride and you know you're going to get there. And it's the same with your life. This machine of your brain is designed to get you there. I think what is stopping people from from using that creative part of their brain? And why are we locked into this fear part? Well, firstly, it comes from understand, a lack of understanding because nobody's ever told us that it's a machine. But I'll just quote, and I've got it here, some of my favorite quotes from the Bible And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, how they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass in the field, which today is alive and tomorrow, sorry, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe clothe you, O ye of little faith? So do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink? Your heavenly father knows that you need them all, but seek first the Mm. kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble.
1: Amen. Wow.
0: So what is that that really saying? That's the same thing. Don't be anxious. So Mm. why are we anxious? And again, it's not just try not to be anxious. This is, you have to be this way because that's the only way your brain machine is going to work. That's the way it's designed to work. You're not designed to worry and be anxious and, and struggle. Wow. Look at all of nature and creation. There is no struggle. I mean, I, I don't actually live in New Zealand anymore. I'm, I live on a boat in Europe. I, tr- I travel around all the time and I see nature. There is no struggle.
1: I there is, I there is
0: life and death, but there is no struggle. So why do we struggle? We're not supposed to struggle.
1: Absolutely.
0: To have everything come to us when it's at the right time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's like a fawn. Oh, I live in Montana and, and you'll see these beautiful baby fawns. Well, their mother is on guard against anything that could happen to that fawn, but the fawn is very carefree. Like the fawn's like, I'm great bouncing around, jumping, being with its siblings, just following its mom. And if we take that analogy and apply it Mm -hmm. to how our relationship to the father should be, he, if he really has our safety under control, our, our being under control, we should be able to run and jump in place, so, so to speak, because we know he's, he's got it. That's his job. And he that's will. Why we, that's
0: why he put us here. Yeah. He put us in a, in a situation to thrive. Yeah. He's made it our biological purpose for living to be the best that we can be. Hmm. That's what everything's designed to do. So. That doesn't mean struggle, but you actually, the, the fawn gives me a, one of my other quote, favorite quotes. Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Oh, true. To children. And what do children do? You just summed it up beautifully. What do children do? Do they worry about the future? Nope. Or do they live in the moment and enjoy and just take everything as it comes, excited, accepting, accepting it all? Wow. That's what we have to be like. Stop because... All of this stuff that we're trying to work out and figure out and worry about and set goals, it says be not anxious about, to, give no thoughts for tomorrow, by the way. It doesn't say you'd sit down and write a goals list for tomorrow. <laughs> Does it? Really?
1: Yeah, no, you're correct.
0: Because, because all of these things, goals, projecting into the future, worrying about the future, trying to figure it all out, this has all come from your thinking brain. Mm-hmm. And your thinking brain doesn't have the answers to any of those questions. All it has is the information That's stored in there based on your past experience. It's not designed to be used to create your life. Yeah. You can get information and use it from time to time, obviously, and you can gather more information. But your creative brain is what's directing your life.
1: Yeah.
0: And so that's why, you know, sometimes, of course, you can set a goal and you know you're going to get it. That's a different sort of goal to worrying and sitting down and trying to figure it all out. But you don't need to do that. When you understand this machine is there to do the job, then all you need to do is play your part. Yeah. You give up resistance, resistance mm-hmm. to what is, and you can enjoy the only thing that God has actually given you to enjoy, which is the present moment. Yeah. That's what you're here to do, is just to enjoy the present moment and thrive in doing that. So
1: um Wow. Oh my gosh. Was- I want you to keep going, obviously, but I, I just it is such a beautiful reminder that everything that God commands us to do is for our good and the furthering of his his love and in the teaching of his gospel on earth if we're living in fear and controlled by fear we literally shut down our purpose we we can't function in our purpose if we're afraid that something is going to happen. Of course, we need to be wise with our judgments and we need to get counsel. And I understand that as well as you do, but, but the Bible literally tells us how to live a successful life. And so, so few of us look at it through that lens. We, because we were raised in church and we look at it more as a, as as just how do we get closer to God, which is a great thing, but we don't necessarily do what you're, what you're explaining is it is a success manual. And if we yeah. treat it as such, we will have a successful life in the things that matter.
0: And that's what we're here to be—is to be mm-hmm. biologically successful, the best that we can be, so we survive for the longest and and have the best experience. And the longer, the better your experience, the longer you will survive. That's the way it works. Mm. So um, <clears throat> wonderful. People are probably saying, "Well, okay, what, How do I do this?" Well, there's two. Yeah. We do do have two things we need to do after we understand this is the way the brain works because when you do understand this is the way your brain works you realize that anything that makes you bad feel bad is going to damage you and it's going to knock you off and it's going to prevent you from thriving and living your ideal life and using your through your brain the right through using your brain the right way so it's a bit like someone gives you a glass of hydrochloric acid and says i'll give you a million dollars if you drink this you go what I'll give you $10 million. And if you really believe and you're really motivated and you tell yourself, then it won't harm you. You go, look, I'm sorry, that's just not the way it works. Yeah. I know if I put that in, I'm going to be very, very da- damaged. So that's the same with negativity. If mm. you know that anything you put into your thoughts, if it makes you feel bad, it is damaging you. It is it is putting you in the survival state. that is blocking you from all of the resources to be to. Create your ideal life that your brain will do for you. You don't have to do it for yourself. Your brain will do it for you. Yeah. If you allow yourself to feel fear, except of course when fear is necessary, when the lion is about to eat you. That's fine. But if you have the choice about what you put into your thoughts, what nutrition, if you like, or what fuel you put in, if it's toxic, which in other words, if it creates fear, you're finished. Yeah. You're using your brain the wrong way. So When you realize that, you realize it doesn't matter how justified I might think, I have to stay informed. I have to stay, you have to be realistic. (laughs) This is being realistic, by the way. You start to think, you realize, I need to turn that TV news off. I need to stop talking to that person. I need to stop having that conversation. I need to maybe, if I can't cut that person out of my life, I need to minimize the amount of time I have with them. Because whatever it is, wherever it comes from, it's not what God is wanting you to have, because God hasn't designed you to deal with that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not what what your life's supposed to be about. So you start to become, in, in my coaching, I actually teach a, a lot of different areas that people aren't aware of, of how they're putting this negative, toxic stuff in, because mm-hmm. we do a lot of it without thinking. But we do have a choice about absolutely what conversation we're in, what we listen to, and and it's nothing to do with staying realistic or informed. It's nothing to do with that. This is pure toxicity. So once you're doing that, once you stop putting more, it's like with a car, once you stop filling up the fuel tank with water and you start putting the right fuel in to make it function, then you've got to say, well, what's already in there? Because what's already in your brain and why it's not working the right way is through all of your the information you've picked up through your life, you've come up, your, your brain has made associations yeah. and decisions about what is danger and what isn't, hmm. what is real danger and what isn't. So we all know that a lion running out from you is is real danger, but yeah. something on the news that World War III might happen and a bomb might drop on your head. Is that real danger? Is that going to kill you right here, right now? It's not, but you've wired your brain to think, to, to believe that it has, because all your brain is doing is making a decision based on the information it has about whether your environment is safe or dangerous. So even though it's illogical to think that something on the on a TV screen which says something might happen yeah. is going to kill you right now, that's the association your brain has made. And that's why you feel fear and stress. And one of the things you do when you feel fear and stress is you do all sorts of stupid stuff. People act in all sorts of irrational ways. They're not using their creative brain. They're yeah. reacting and doing things that they otherwise wouldn't do. So that's the other thing you need to do is you need to teach your brain, reteach your brain the difference between real threats yeah. and, and imaginary ones. And that's what I actually teach a process for this called neurostate rebalancing, which is about getting you working in your, from your thriving brain, your creative brain, not your survival fear-based brain, whereas most people are doing it the other way. Yeah. They're trying to create their life from a fear-based brain and hardly use their creative brain. It needs to be rebalanced.
1: Yeah. Uh, And When
0: you do that, what's one of the things you do? You have faith, you trust, you go, wow, life's great. You can see how great life is for a start, rather than being only focused on the negative, looking for the problems, all shut down in that state. You can see the truth about this incredible world we live in, this gift of life that we've been given, this wonderful playground of experience that we're here to enjoy. You can see that you can start doing that. And that's when your life starts to flow and you, yeah. and that's where faith comes from because you're not trying to figure stuff out and work it out in advance because you're afraid and you're trying to plan it all out and everything. You go, I know how it works. This is how it works. My creative brain, God is bringing me everything I need to be my best through my creative brain. Great. What will I do now? And you just enjoy it. Yeah. Pretty simple.
1: <laughs> wow. I, I love that revelation, because even if we have experienced that firsthand in our own lives to, to, to understand the biological, uh, the, the biological wiring that God has put in our brain to, I wouldn't say back up his word. It's just for us to see the truth of his word in action in our own lives, in our brains, in our minds. I also love that you pointed out earlier that Positive thinking isn't what you're talking about. You're talking about eliminating, eliminating fear and eliminating fear and positive thinking aren't the same thing. Cause I love that you mentioned positive thinking is often just trying to cover up the fear, but we want to eliminate that altogether. And, and again, it is a choice and it's a hard choice sometimes, but it is a choice. Liam, I, I could ask a hundred questions, but I, I know that you have so many resources already available. You have books, you have coaching sessions. Ladies, that will be below uh, the information. But if there's one book, maybe largely on the topic of what we've talked about, uh, one book that you've written, what what would be the first book you recommend for people to tackle?
0: Well, actually, all of my books are on relationships because I also do a lot of marriage and relationship coaching as well. I have a book coming out about this, um, okay. about using your brain that I'm working on at the moment, <clears throat> but probably the best resource for people is my podcast, oh, great. which is called Using Your Brain for Success, because mm-hmm. I go into a lot more detail about all of these things, about how your brain works and what you're here for, what your biological purpose is and how to use it the right way. So um, that would be my suggestion to Absolutely. at least to start with on uh, understanding this, because I'm sure, well, I hope your listeners agree that once you start to understand something, it takes mm-hmm. a big weight off your shoulders. Yeah. You know, what, and now you know that you've got this brain. It is a machine. It's designed to make you have the best life possible. Yeah. And you can use it the right way and, and it will work. And yeah. things like problems are not really part of your roadmap, even though you might think that it's a necessary part of life. It's not. It's not anywhere else in the biological world. Problems don't exist. You know, mm-hmm. struggle doesn't exist. Survival. Life and death, creation, decay, that all exists, but not the struggle that we and stress that we humans live with. It's just not natural. It doesn't help us, and therefore, it can't be natural.
1: I, I, that is absolutely true. And and just one more thing, I think, I think listening to your marriage podcast and reading your books, for, for me, I think a lot of people, one of the fears they do face, which does shut down how your brain works, is the fear of rejection. They're afraid of being rejected by maybe their spouse, they're afraid that maybe they were rejected by a parent. And that heaviness of of that fear of rejection is sometimes even if you turn off all the news, and even if you read your Bible, that fear is a very dominating fear right now in our society. Um, so, so ladies, if, if some of this is like, oh, that's so interesting. I don't think I, I'm afraid of anything. Well, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I think most of us have that fear, that fear of rejection, and that can stall us out as well. But if you're confident in who who God is in you, we have to push through that fear.
0: If there's any anxiety, stress, worry in your life, it all, it is all from an underlying fear. Hmm. You might not think you have fears. One of the things I teach is, Mm -hmm. is how to uncover what you're actually afraid of because I didn't know what I, I was driven for years to be this huge success and I had underlying fears I didn't know what I was afraid of but mm. I can see now what I was yeah but so if you so fear isn't just you know being terrified it's feeling any anxiety worry or stress that has its basis in fear Wow. and that's all blocking you from living the way you're supposed to live
1: And and uh, and <clears> with <throat> that <laughs> we'll, we'll bring our conversation to an end, but Liam, this has been amazing. Um, I, again, well, ladies, you will have all this information below a link to his podcast links to Liam's books, um, and, and any other coaching he offers as well. Liam, thank you again so much. Uh, I love that you're on your boat. It's funny when, when we first started talking, I was like, is he on a boat? Um, Pat, <laughs> it sounds like the coolest life to live ever. Um, it's so, the one
0: God planned for me. That's for sure. I love
1: that. Yeah. Cause I get, mm. I get seasick. I always thought it'd be cool to live on a houseboat or, or sailboat, but I'd have to overcome that. But thank you, Liam, for your time, your wisdom. This is such a massive, um, hopefully paradigm shift for folks to really hone in and then to visit those scriptures again and see, see them with fresh eyes. Thank you very much. Yeah,
0: Can I just add one little thing where it says, be not of this world, but Mm -hmm. be transformed by the renewing of your mind.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Use your brain differently. Don't buy into everything that's going on in the world. Use your brain differently and you will be transformed.
1: Absolutely. And Liam, please send me uh, an email. When your book is out, I would love to just highlight that at the beginning of one of my podcasts, just to remind people because they're probably going to write me, "Hey, is Liam's book out?" Um, so I, oh, I would thank love you. to know so that I can yes. tell like, ladies about it and read it myself. I'm just I'm transfixed by this. This is such a beautiful, a beautiful conversation. Thank you again for your time. Thank you. And we'll, we'll thank talk. you, Charity. Okay, so wow, I I really enjoy talking to Liam. The scriptures he pulls out, and there were many more he could have gone into, talking about how to put your mind right on Christ and how to eliminate fear. Over 320 times the Bible says, do not fear. That is a commandment of God. And like we talked about, it is a choice to follow that commandment or not. Now, if you can choose not to fear, what you're saying then is, I choose not to fear so that my brain the way God created it to work can be on full throttle at all times. And I can thrive and live a life that is completely 100% rather than shutting off entire sections of my brain to live in a very narrow existence. If you struggle with fear, and I have been there, or if you struggle with shame, or Or if you, maybe you're struggling with the fear of rejection, maybe you're struggling with the fear of failure, maybe you're struggling with the fear of the world changing. I don't know what your fear is, but I need you to hear me. God commanded us not to, which means we get to choose. And that sounds impossible when you're in a place that you feel paralyzed with fear, but you get to choose. You get to choose. Maybe your fear is, as someone else I'm going to be sharing with you guys um, Jonathan McClernan, maybe your fear is facing your pain. Maybe your fear is letting go of pain that you've identified with for so long. Maybe your fear is letting go of sin in your life because you don't actually know who God created you to be. Maybe your fear, again, is taking that risk, losing your marriage, not being able to have kids, whatever that fear is, God is saying, do not fear. So ladies, I hope this gave you something to really deeply think about. And to really chew on, please reach out and contact us at strongchristianfemale at protonmail with any questions. Check out all of Liam's many things below. Such a kind man, such a generous man with his time. He's he's busy but so approachable, and uh, I just really admire people like that. Thank you again for joining us. Before we go, I'm going to make a quick prayer, and then we'll sign off. God, thank you for learning not to fear. Thank you for showing us that we can choose. To not be afraid, because God, you are with us and you love us and you accept us where we are, even though you may need us to change. You are a loving God, a God that wants to hug us and say, "Child, leave your burdens here with me. You weren't meant to carry them." So, God, Father, just convict us if there's things that are feeding our fear that we need to turn off in our lives. It may be relationships, it may be social media, it may be the news, it may be a show we watch. I don't know what it is. We've all got things that sometimes can feed our fears. And God, we just choose to turn those off and turn it into something with purpose. We shift our desire from other things and distractions to you, to what you want us to do in Jesus name. All right, ladies, until next time.